Amen. How many of you believe that the best is yet to come, that God has more for us? Amen. Let's, let's give one more hand clap of praise unto God in this place. I'm so thankful for just everything that he has done in, in my life personally this year and in, in, in my family. I'm thankful for what he's done in, in your lives and in, in your families. I've heard so many testimonies and I've seen just the hand of God over this, this, this group of people, this church, this campus specifically, and I, and I know his hand, of, his hand is over the other campuses as well, amen. Well, I'm, I'm so excited that I get to share just with you today something from my heart. Uh, as, as If you were here any of the Sundays during this last month and the month of December, you know that we spoke about the gift you need, right? How Jesus is the gift we need. And, and the first week we learned that for the decisions in life, I have a wonderful counselor, uh, for the battles in life, we have a mighty God. He fights on our behalf. Amen. We also learned that for our destiny, we have an everlasting Father who, who, who guides us and leads us and, and who supplies us with the things, who provides us the things that we need to, to carry on in this life. And last week, last Sunday on Christmas Eve, we learned that for the, for the disturbances in life, that we have the Prince of Peace. How many of you have ever just experienced the peace of God over your life? I'm so thankful for that peace that passes all understanding. In other words, it's, it's a peace that, 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 that's so good, you just you can't understand it. You, you, it doesn't make sense. And, and really, I don't think it's supposed to make sense, right? You just know that you feel a peace, and really, you can't describe it. And, and, and our key scripture for that series was found in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And really what I want to speak to today is that he is our everlasting father. And, and, and that means, again, he gives us everything we need and, and he supplies our every need. Amen. Not only does he give us the food that we eat every day and, and he provides us the clothes that we wear and, and, and the, the, the shelter, the roof that we have over our head. Not, and not only does he just supply our everyday needs, but he also supplies what? our spiritual needs. He supplies us with these gifts, with, with these tools that we need to continue on this journey that he has called us to, amen? I'm so thankful for, for the fact that he provides uh, for me friends who can speak life into me. I, I'm so thankful that he provides for me leadership that I can go to to seek counsel. And I thank God that he is my wise counselor, that, that when all else fails, I can always go to him at the end of the day. Amen. And I know it's the end of the year. And, and my goodness, I mentioned it earlier. I can't believe it's here already. It's, it's, it's New Year's Eve. And, and, and as I mentioned earlier, in just a few hours, we'll be welcoming in 2024. Some of us with open arms and some of us, you know, like, man, this has been such a good year to me. I don't know if I want to walk into this next year. Right. Uh, and, and I'm not here to add to your list of, of New Year resolutions. I know that, you know, there are some of us who maybe you didn't end the year as strong as you would have liked to, or or maybe, you know, on that high note, and maybe you're already giving yourself a hard time about, oh, this year hasn't even started yet, and I've already failed, <laughs> right? But but I, that's not what I'm here today for. I'm not here to add to those list of resolutions, what it, whatever that looks like. You know, if, if it's some lifestyle changes or, or maybe it's a diet, right? Uh, the one I'm really interested in is the carnivore diet. That sounds good to me. Just eat, <laughs> just eat a bunch of meat. Yeah, I got a hand clap right there. He, 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 he's with me on that one. 
But, but I, I feel like, like we are so hard on ourselves already, right? And, and I, don't, I don't think that we need anything else to add to that burden. But, but you know what? There are things that, that we will carry with us into this new year, whether you like it or not. And some things may be good. It, it could be a, a promotion that, that you got at work. It could be something that you are looking forward to in this new year. Or maybe it's a promise that God has spoken to you and, and you are holding on to that promise and you were praying that it gets fulfilled, that, that he comes through with that promise in this next year. And, 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 and we choose to carry those with us because we're holding on to them. We have something to look forward to. And, and while others, there are, are, are some things that, that maybe they aren't so good. You know, maybe you experienced some hurt this year or maybe you experienced some pain or, or maybe just the, the idea of, of walking into this new year brings some anxiety to your life. And, and those we carry, well, not because we want to, but maybe because we just quite don't know how to let go of them. But, but one thing that we can count on and one thing that you can rest assured of is that if we choose to hold on to Jesus... If we choose to hold on to the hand of God going into this, into this new year, you will not be disappointed because he will not fail us. Just as we sang, he has done it before and he will do it again. And he will never fail us. Amen. Because we know that he is the same what? Yesterday. He is the same today. And he is the same forevermore. Can we clap our hands unto God for that? Amen. I'm so thankful that we serve a God who never changes. So really what I'm here for today is, is to bring you some encouragement, to, to hopefully encourage you to, to start this new year off right. I know one thing that I said I would do is before the clock struck midnight, it always, I would pick up my left foot so that I would start off the year on the right foot. Amen? <laughs> so just remember that. At 1159, just, just, just pick up that left foot. That way you make sure you start off on the right one. But, but my prayer for you is that you would live a life that is wholly devoted to, to Jesus, that you would just completely fall in love with him, amen? And, and so as I mentioned, we were, we were given the freedom as, as campus pastors to, to kind of just share from our hearts, you know, what God has been speaking to us. And so you may notice that your, your sermon notes or your sermon handouts are blank uh, because we're all preaching something different at the different campuses, and so we didn't want to, you know, that would be too much. And so I, I'm going to try to you know, take my time with scriptures and, and what have you, and, and uh, I'm just really excited about sharing this to you today. So before we dive into today's text, I, I just want to give you a brief history on, on the book of Second Peter, because that's where we will be reading from today, the book of Second Peter, Second Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. You can go ahead and write that down. Second Peter 1, 1 through 11. But, but the book of Second Peter, it was a book that was written by the Apostle Peter, and it was actually towards the end of his life. It was, it was written sometime between 65 and, and 68 A.D., and, and he, Paul, uh, Peter was believed to have been martyred in, in 68 A.D., so right around that time. And, and if you actually read the book of Second Peter, you'll see that Peter says, As long as I live in this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made it clear to me. So we see that, Jesus, that, that Christ made it clear to him that, that his time here on earth would soon end. And, and I believe that, that, he, uh, that this book is important to the church because 
at that time, the church in Asia Minor was, was not only struggling with, with persecution, and they were struggling, they were suffering, as Peter mentions in his first letter, but, but they were also dealing with things like dissension and, and division, and, and, and they were dealing with false teachings, and they were dealing with spiritual immaturity in, in the church at that time. And, and, and really what Peter wanted to do was he wanted to combat that. That, that, that dissension, that spiritual immaturity, all the things that were happening at that time, he wanted to come against it by, by really just encouraging the church to, to, to mature in their walk with God. And, and, and he wanted to emphasize the importance of the knowledge of God. Essentially, what, what Peter wanted for the church was, was for them to experience spiritual growth. And I, too, want that for this church. I want that for myself. And I believe many of you today in this house want that for yourself, is to experience that spiritual growth, to experience that spiritual maturity. So, so he, wanted to ex- he wanted them to experience this by applying themselves. It, it takes some work. And by, by living a life of faith, by making, and we'll see that, that he uses this phrase quite a bit, by making every effort. I want you to say every effort as we'll read in this chapter. So, so today we'll be taking a dive into what God gifts to us or what he gives us and, and what that life looks like. So the first thing we see is that he gives us a divine calling. And that's our first point for today is that it's, it's up there. Wow. He gives us a divine calling. Second Peter 1 says, Simon Peter, and he's introducing himself, a servant an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who, through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours, meaning it's a faith of equal standing. Verse 2, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. In other words, what he's saying is that as you learn to lean on and as you learn to depend on him, grace and peace will abound in your life. Verse 3, his divine power has given us what? Everything we need for a godly life. You may think that you don't have what it takes, but but that's just not true. That's just the enemy speaking to you because what I just read here is that God gives us everything that we need to live that life. Amen? He has given us everything we need through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and by his goodness. Verse 4, through these... He has given us his very great and precious promises. Just like Pastor Kendra mentioned earlier, I thought she was about to preach my message when when she started talking about promises. I was about to turn her mic off, but I didn't have to. But we see that he has given us these great and precious promises. Why? So that through them, there's a reason, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So we all have a calling in our life. It, it doesn't matter, it, it, again, if you're new to this or, or if you've been raised in this, if, if you've been in this for X amount of years and, you're, and you are familiar with this, but we see that Peter is speaking to this audience and he says, through the righteousness of Jesus Christ, because Jesus is a, is a righteous God. He is a fair God. Well, really kind of unfair because I, I don't think that my faith should be the same as, as Peter or Paul or John, but, but, but he is a righteous God and we see that. And he says that you have received a faith as 
precious, as precious as ours, meaning that my faith isn't more valuable than your faith, and, and your faith isn't more valuable than someone else's faith, but it also says that we have received this faith, meaning it was given to us. It, it, it is a gift, right? We, we, when you receive something, usually it's, it's a gift or, or something that's not earned, and, and this too isn't something that we have earned. And, and yes, although this, this scripture doesn't exactly list out what, what those great and those precious promises are, it does say one thing. It does say that through them, that we can be participants, that we can participate in this divine nature. And then it says that we have escaped the corruption of the world and the evil desires it brings. He has made us new. We are created. We are new creatures in him. A.W. Tozer wrote it like this. He said, the Holy Spirit never enters a man and then, and then lets him live like the world. You can be sure of that. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians. He said, therefore, and this is Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 7, 1. He says, therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, he says, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. And I'm going to read the Amplified next. And I just like the way it, it, it just paints this picture here. It says, Therefore, since we have these great and wonderful promises, beloved, he says, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that contaminates both body and spirit, completing holiness, meaning living a consecrated life, a life that is set apart for God's purpose and the fear of God. So really this shows that we have been, we have this, we have received this, this divine calling and, and we have been given a new heart and we have Therefore, escape the corruption of this world through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we should have what? These new desires. His Holy Spirit now resides in us, and now we want the things that are of God. We want the things that, that God wants for us, and, 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 those, and those godly desires are different from the things of this world. How many of you have have ever experienced a life change in your own life or maybe have seen it in someone else or maybe someone said, you know what, there's something different about you. You're not the way you used to be. I remember when you were this way, but, but now you're, you're, just, you're so much different from the way that you used to be. And, and really that's just God creating in us a new heart. That, that's God transforming us into his image, amen. And that's the kind of life that I want to live. Ephesians 4, through 24 says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. That's the flesh. To be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Here's a picture of what that divine calling looks like and, and how God empowers us through that participation and we'll we'll read in Philippians 2 12 through 13 and this is Paul speaking to the church of the Philippians and he says so then my dear ones just as you have always obeyed my instructions with enthusiasm not only in my presence but now much more in my absence he says continue to work out your salvation he's not saying continue to work for your salvation no sir 
No, ma'am, he's saying continue to work out that salvation. He's saying, that is, he's saying, I want you to cultivate this salvation. I want you to bring it to full effect. I want you to experience the fullness of this salvation. I, I want you to actively pursue this, this spiritual maturity with awe-inspired fear and trembling, using caution and critical self-evaluation to avoid anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Christ. Verse 13, and I like what it says here. For it is not your strength. It is not my strength. It is not our own strength. If it was my strength, man, I, I don't know where I'd be today. I don't know where many of you, I don't know where many of you would be today. I'm so thankful that, that it is not mine but his it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work. That is, he is, he is strengthening us. He is, he is giving us the energy that we need. I don't know about you, but man, I have this year, this energy that I have is not my own, and my wife can attest to that. Working two jobs. You know, I still work. I don't know if you guys know this, but I still work my full-time job, Monday through Friday. And I can say that it is the grace of God that I have the energy that I do, and I'm so thankful for it. And, and he is creating us in us this, this longing. He is creating in us. He puts in us this ability to fulfill the purpose for that, for the, the ability to fulfill that desire that he has placed in our hearts. Why? For his good pleasure, for his honor, for his glory. I've said this before, that he would receive the reward of his affliction, of his sacrifice that he made for us that day. So, so God, we see that God supports the believer, but, but it is the believer's responsibility to do what he has been called by God to do. It is your responsibility to do the work, and he will give you the energy that you need. Amen? Amen. So we see that not only does God give us that divine calling, but through that divine calling, there's something else that we get to experience. That is, there is something else that comes through that divine calling, and that is spiritual growth. Point number two, spiritual growth. And as we read through this, through this next portion of Scripture, you'll see that, that Peter is telling the church to make every effort, as you read in, in, in uh, 2 Peter 1, 5. He says, make every effort to add to your faith and, and to this faith that we have received as a gift. He is telling the church to be diligent in their walk with Christ. And and as we, read, as, as we read along in these scriptures, you will recognize some of these attributes from what we know as the fruit of the Spirit. And then you can find that in Galatians. But verse 5 says, for this very reason, or because we have this divine calling, because, because of these great and, and these precious promises, make what? Every effort. I want you to say every effort. Every effort. To add to your faith goodness, meaning Add, add, add some moral excellence to, to your life. Add, add some godliness to your life. And, 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 to you that, and to that goodness, he says, add knowledge. He, he's speaking of God having introduced himself to us. He's speaking to God having revealed himself to us. He's speaking to us about pursuing this knowledge of God and, and meditating on the things he has revealed to us. How? Through his word and through his spirit. And then he says, now that you have this knowledge, I want you to mix in some self-control. I don't know about you, but I, I could use a little bit of self-control. <laughs> and and, 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 and self-control in, um, in this context just means practicing those disciplines. You know, whenever the enemy comes against you with, with temptations, he's saying, no, 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 stay away from that. Turn from it and run the other way if you have to. 
Paul in, in Acts 24 says, I fight or I strive to always maintain a clear conscience before God and before man. We are called to practice self-control, to exercise our spiritual disciplines. And then Peter says, now that you have this, this self-control, I want you to add some perseverance to that because you're going to need it. This is, this is a long race. This isn't just some di- uh, sprint race. It's a marathon. So, so perseverance because you're going to need that over the long haul. He's saying keep pressing towards that mark to run the race that God has called you to run. Amen. Yeah. He says, and now, and now that you have this, this perseverance mixed in, I, I want you to add some, I want you to probably not add some, but I want you to add a lot of godliness to that, meaning that I want you to live a life that is full of righteousness, meaning right action, taking those right actions and, and living a life uh, uh, that, is, that has a reverence and an esteem for God that, that emanates or that comes from living this holy life. And now that you have this godliness, I want you to mix in some, some mutual affection, which in this sense it's speaking of a brotherly love. And, and here we see that it is applied to those who are, who are a part of God's family. We want to be a church that loves each other. We want to be a church that who whenever I have something going on in my life, I can reach out to my friend Bill and I can say, hey, brother, this is what's going on in my life. I, I need something. And you know what? Every Sunday I can appreciate Bill because he says, hey, is there anything you need? Is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything I can, how can I pray for you? And, and I believe that there are many of us today in this house who can say the same about others in this church who they just check in on them. And I'm so thankful that we can truly say that we love each other as a church. Amen. And now that we have this mutual affection, I want you to mix in some love. And, and love in this sense is not a feeling. It's more than a feeling. But it's a virtue, really. And, and a writer said it like this. Christians, uh, we as Christians, we are really, we are not commanded to have warm feelings towards one another. Because we will, some, we, we're not always going to get along, right? Let, let's be real here. He says they are not commanded to have warm feelings toward one another or, or, or even like or prefer one another. But the writer says this, however, we are commanded to act lovingly toward one another. We are commanded to love each other. And, and, we're, and we're all familiar with, with 1 Corinthians 13, if you've ever been to a wedding, you know, and how it describes the characteristics of love. You know, love, love is patient, love is kind. Um, and, and how it really just speaks primarily of, of, of the way that love should act, of, of what love does. And this is one thing that I can tell you today, that if you lead with love, those feelings will follow. That if, if there is something, someone that you maybe don't agree with or, or maybe even someone you can't stand, and that's about as far as I'm going to take it today. <laughs> but if you choose to love them, if you pray and ask God to help you to love them, I promise you those, that those feelings will follow. If you're a little unsure of someone, you know what, just, just you know what, God, I, I, I'm sorry that I, have, that I haven't given this person the time of day. I, I pray, God, that you would just allow me to lead with love, and you'll see what he will do in your life and what he will do in, in their life. And who knows, that could be your next best friend. You never know. But, but really, 
all these have to work in conjunction with one another. You can't have one without the other. You can't just say, well, you know what, uh, the love part, I don't think I have, I don't think I can produce that fruit or, or, or this, this self-control or this perseverance. No, 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 they, they all coincide with each other. You need all of these to be effective. And so, so we see that not only does God give me a, a divine calling, and, and not only does he allow me to experience this, this spiritual growth, but, but through that divine calling and, and through that spiritual growth, I can live a productive life. You will produce fruit in this life. Now, I don't want you to get busyness confused with productive. I know so many times it happens to all of us. We can get busyness confused with productive. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I've had a productive day. Oh, yeah, what have you done? It's like, I've just been all over the place. I'm like, okay, but what have you done today? <laughs> right? I've, I've been there. You know, there are so many times when we get it wrong and we think that because we are busy, we are producing, but sometimes God wants us to sit down in his presence Sometimes God wants us to take some time to, to, to call someone to, you know what, I'm going to take five minutes out of this busy day, and, and I'm going to just have a conversation with someone. Maybe they need me. Maybe, maybe I need them. You know, there are so many times when we, when we reach out to others thinking that they need help, but really, and, and it's God's, God ends up speaking to us through them. Amen? So this is what Peter says about living that productive life in verses 8 through 11. He says, for if you possess these qualities, how? An increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning he, he's saying there's, there's no way that you can't be effective. He's saying there's no way that you can't be, uh, that you can't produce if you possess these qualities. Verse 9, but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins, and, and, and what a, a, a life it is, what a terrible life it is to live when, when, when you can't get past the mistakes of, of, that you have made, when, when, when you are bound by past mistakes, forgetting that Christ has already forgiven them, but, but yet you still hold them against yourself. Verse 10, therefore, my brothers and sisters, again, we see it, that phrase, make every effort, make every effort to confirm your calling and your election. For if you do these things, what? You will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So really what Peter is saying here is that if you live with these qualities of faithfulness, if you live with this, this increasing knowledge of God as he reveals himself to you, if you live with this self-control, with this, with this perseverance, with this godliness, with this with this brotherly love, it, it is, it's, it's impossible for you to be ineffective and unproductive. He's saying if you make every effort to add to your faith and if you allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in you, you will produce fruit and you will be effective. He's saying you can experience the best life and the best life you could ever live is the one that God has created for you. Amen. And then we see that Peter says that, well, if you don't have them, you'll be nearsighted and you'll be blind, meaning that, that you won't be able to see the big picture. You know, nearsightedness is when you can't see things that are far, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. 
And so typically we have to bring those far things close. And then what happens? We have, some, we have an obstruction in front of us, right? Because we need to hold it closer to be able to see. And, and therefore we can't see past this. We can't see what God is trying to do in our lives. We, we can't see, you know, the opportunities that God is trying to present to us because there are and there will be opportunities that will allow you to be productive in his kingdom. There will, there will be opportunities that will allow you to walk in this divine calling, but you will miss out on them because of that blindness. And I don't think that's what God wants for any of us, amen? I don't think that's what God wants for you. Peter, once more, as we read, says to make every effort to confirm your calling and to confirm your election. If you can, I'd like for you to stand today in this house, and I'd like to ask the musicians to come up here, our worship team. And I'm not going to call the, the prayer team up today, but what I do want you to do is I want to invite you all towards the front. I want to invite you all towards the front. And what we're going to do today is we're going to end today's service with a time of corporate worship. And if it's appropriate, if, 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 if your loved ones are next to you, if you have family members next to you, your spouse or, or someone that you feel comfortable with, I want us to just worship together and I want us to pray together in this moment. But Peter says to confirm your calling and your election. So how exactly do I confirm my calling and my election? By my fruitfulness and by my effectiveness. Jesus is speaking to a crowd of people in, in the book of Matthew, and, and these people are so worried about these, about these wolves who are dressed in lamb's wool. And, and, and Jesus is telling them to be aware of them, and they're saying, well, how will we know, Jesus? How can we tell them apart? How is it that we will know that, that these people are trying to, to devour us? These people are trying to to cause damage to our lives. And, and she answers by simply saying this. He says, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. In verse 19, he says, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. And then we see Paul in the book of Galatians says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. It's the fruit. One last scripture that we see in James chapter 2, verse 18. He says, But someone may well argue, you say that the way to God is, is by faith alone, plus nothing. That's right. And he says, well, I say that good works are important too. He doesn't say that works are for salvation, but he says that, you know what, They're, they are important too. Then he said, for without good works, you can't prove whether you have faith or not. And then he closes it by saying, but anyone can see that I have faith by the way that I act. And I just want to encourage you today that, you know what, maybe there's someone that God has called you to minister to. Maybe there's, maybe, maybe he has called you to minister to your, your coworkers. My father-in-law, he's one of the greatest men I know, and, and he 
ministers on the daily to his employees. You don't need the title. You don't need the platform. You don't need any of that. God has made a way for you. God has made the opportunity for you. He has given you this divine calling. He has allowed you to experience this spiritual growth, and now he wants you to go out and be effective in his kingdom. Whether you think it or not, he's called you. It's not too late, and it's not too soon. You know, sometimes you may think that you're not ready. Oh, I'm not there yet. You, God, I can tell you now that God has, if, he, if, if you haven't seen it yet, he has just open your eyes and just take a look around and you'll see that God has placed people in your life for you to speak truth and speak life into. Amen. He has called us to reach the lost and he has called us into a relationship with him so that through that relationship you can experience that growth that he desires for you. That, that you would make every effort, say every effort, to allow him to do a work in you. And so that you could produce fruit and be effective again in your family, be effective at work, at home, here at church, and, and in your community, in this world. And, and I pray that he will use you in a beautiful way in 2024. Now our worship team is about to lead us into another time of worship. And, 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 but before we do that, let me pray over you. But I thank you, Lord, that you have called us, Lord, that you that you found us right where we were, Lord. And you changed our lives for the better. And that you have given us this divine calling. God, but it doesn't stop there. That you, that through this divine calling, God, that we are, we can experience this, this spiritual growth, Lord, that, that we become better and better and better. As we continue to pursue you, Father, I pray and I just want to encourage everyone in this place, God that there would be a hunger for you, that there would be a desire, Lord, in their hearts, God, that, that burns for you, that burns for the things that you want for us, Father, today in this place, God. And God, through that, I pray, Lord, that, that we will produce fruit, that we would live that productive life, and that we would go out, Lord, into the streets, into our homes, to our places of work, Lord, whatever that looks like, God, I pray, God, that we, that will be a vessel, Lord, that you could use for your glory, God, for your kingdom, for your honor, Lord. I pray an anointing over every person here. I pray an anointing over every person who is watching online, God. In Jesus' name, God, that you would use their lives, Lord, in a mighty way in this coming year, Lord. And that we would walk into this year with open hands, Lord, ready to receive from you and ready to give to others. Lord, we thank you and we love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.